CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hey everybody and welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law & Crime, where we recap the biggest moments in the day's biggest trials. I'm Jesse Weber. So we're talking the ongoing trial of Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard out in Fairfax County, Virginia. And we just wrapped up Day 13. A little refresher here, Depp is suing his ex-wife for $50 million, claiming defamation, namely that she falsely accused him of domestic violence in a 2018 Washington Post op-ed piece, and that that article ruined his life and his career. And she's actually countersuing him for $100 million, saying he defamed her when he orchestrated a public smear campaign against her, saying she made up her injuries and lied about him being an abuser. Now, today was the day that Johnny Depp officially rested his side of the case. It began in the morning with the continued tape deposition testimony of Aaron Falati, Amber Heard's former nurse. And this time it was Depp's turn for his attorney to question Falati. They had Falati admit that Heard had reported she suffered from anxiety, bipolar disorder, insomnia, an eating disorder, that she was codependent, that she was jealous, all to show that Heard was the unstable one in the relationship. And in terms of those alleged injuries to Heard's face that Filati said she saw, Depp's team questioned how thoroughly Filati really inspected those injuries and whether a procedure that Heard had to remove a cyst on her eyelid, that that may have caused the bruising. But after Filati, our first in-person witness was forensic accountant Mike Spindler. And he testified about the lost earnings that Johnny Depp suffered after the publication of the op-ed piece in 2018. What conclusions did you draw from your review? I concluded that uh, Mr. Depp uh, suffered lost earnings of approximately $40 million. How did you reach that conclusion? Well, there are really two main components to that. The first relates to the loss of the role of Captain Jack Sparrow in the Pirate 6 film. So the loss related to the loss of that role in that franchise picture it was $22.5 million based on testimony provided by Mr. Jack Wiggum. 
In addition, we looked at, yes? Did you do anything else with respect to Pirate 6? Uh, well, we also calculated the net earnings that uh, Mr. Depp would have received from that. Okay. Um, and what did you base your analysis of Pirate 6 on? Uh, based on the testimony of Mr. Jack Wickham. Now, you might be saying, wow, Johnny Depp lost out on $40 million because of Amber Heard's op-ed piece? Well, not so fast. So you are not offering any opinion or any testimony on whether those specific damages that you just discussed were caused by the op-ed, correct? That's correct. And you're assuming for the purposes of your report that the damages that you're testifying about were caused by Amber's op-ed, correct? Yes. So you're not looking at whether the article published in the UK in June 2018 calling Mr. Depp a wife beater caused him the damages, correct? Correct. You're not looking at whether the lawsuit that he brought in the UK against the publisher of that article caused him those damages, right? Correct. You're not looking at any of the evidence that came out in that lawsuit about alleged instances of abuse against Amber, correct? Correct. You're not looking at whether the consequences of Mr. Depp's drug and alcohol use have caused him the damages you're discussing, correct? Correct. You're not looking at whether the worsening performance at the box office of Mr. Depp's movies over time has caused him the damages that you're testifying about, correct? Correct. And, and I'm not acknowledging any of this being accurate. I'm just saying that that wasn't part of my calculations. So while it's possible that Depp lost out on Pirate 6 and other opportunities because of the op-ed, even Spindler couldn't definitively say that the op-ed caused this, and he couldn't outline one single lost business opportunity. He based his analysis off of what Depp was earning in 2017, a very lucrative year. So you could say maybe this was all a bit speculative. After Spindler, though, Johnny Depp officially rested his case after three weeks of testimony, but the drama didn't stop there because outside the presence of the jury, Heard's team argued for a motion to strike, and that's basically asking the court to throw out all the evidence presented by Depp, that they haven't stated a legally sufficient case. It's basically like asking the court to dismiss it. When we talk about defamation and when we talk about the Washington Post article, there are really three statements at issue that Depp is suing over. There are two in the body of the piece. One that says, then two years ago, I became a public figure representing domestic abuse, and I felt the full force of our culture's wrath for women who speak out. The second statement is, I had the rare vantage point of seeing in real time how institutions protect men accused of abuse. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. 
Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. But then there's the third statement. And that third statement is the headline of the article. And it says, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. Now, the problem with the headline is that Heard's team argued that the actress didn't even write that. That it was the Washington Post who wrote that. But Depp's team says, well, her name's on the article. She endorsed it. She even republished it on Twitter, even though that hasn't come into evidence yet. So given all that, here's what the judge decided. So as to the second and third alleged defamatory statements, um, at the motion to strike at this juncture, I view the evidence in light most favorable to the plaintiff and reasonable inferences from the evidence to the plaintiff. And if there is a scintilla of evidence that a reasonable juror could weigh, then the matter survives a motion to strike. In this matter, there is evidence in the case that a jury could weigh that the statements were made by the defendant, that the statements were about the plaintiff, that the statement was published, that the statement is false, and the defendant made the statement knowing it to be false, or the defendant made it so recklessly as to amount to a willful disregard for the truth. The weight of that evidence is up to the fact finder. So the motion to strike is denied as to statement two and three. Uh, the motion to strike as to statement one, I'm going to take under advisement because um, if it's not a stipulation, I'm not sure what it is, but there seems to be an agreement that the tweet of Ms. Heard is part of the plaintiff's evidence, which is not in evidence at this point. So I can't rule on that statement whether or not it is just a tweet or if it's some sort of republication or something. I don't know because I haven't seen it yet. So as to the motion to strike on, on statement one, I'm going to take an advisement because ruling on it now, it would be premature because I just don't have that evidence in the case, okay? Okay, the case is going to proceed. It's going to move forward. But with the judge saying that she's going to take it under advisement, it's possible that she could end up striking the defamation claim as to the headline, possibly if it can be shown later on that Heard didn't write it or endorse it. And that's going to be a big, big loss to Johnny Depp. Either way, though, it was then time for Heard to start her case. Stay with us here at Sidebar as we'll continue right after these words from our friends at the Court Junkie Podcast. Imagine spending 16 years in prison for a crime you didn't commit. Or imagine being on the jury at a trial where you have to decide whether a father murdered a family or whether it was a cartel hit. This is Jillian from Court Junkie, a podcast that examines criminal cases and trials. Each week, I give you the facts of a new case and let you decide if you agree with the outcome. Make sure to subscribe to Court Junkie on Apple, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast apps. Heard's first witness was clinical and forensic psychologist Dr. Dawn Hughes. Dr. Hughes examined Amber Heard, and here was her conclusion. At the end of that process, considering all the data, uh, did you arrive at any expert opinions? Yes, I did. All right. I'm going, I'd like to start with your main expert opinions uh, and then go through those. Can you please tell the jury what your main opinions were? Um, so, like I said, there are opinions embedded within them, but the main opinion is that um, Ms. Hurd's report of intimate partner violence um, and the records that I reviewed is consistent with what we know in the field about intimate partner violence, characterized by physical violence, psychological aggression, sexual violence, coercive control, and surveillance behaviors. And what was the other uh main opinion that you have? Um, the second main opinion was that um, that Ms. Heard demonstrated very clear psychological 
and traumatic effects or the exacerbation of trauma from those statements that Mr. Depp made through his attorney. There were three statements um, that we evaluated to see how they affected her emotionally and psychologically, and it was my determination that they did. And did you arrive at any diagnostic conclusions? Yes, I did. And what were those? I diagnosed uh, Ms. Heard with post-traumatic stress disorder. After weeks of Depp putting forward testimony that Amber Heard was the abuser and he was the victim, this is Heard completely reshaping the narrative. She would explain away all of the behaviors of Amber Heard. She would explain that Heard hitting Depp or yelling at him or refusing to cooperate with police during a domestic violence call or her suffering from anxiety or stress or depression, even the fact that she stayed with Depp. These are all signs not of Heard abusing Depp, but rather her being the victim of Depp, a victim of domestic or intimate partner violence. And she would conclude that unlike Dr. Curry, who testified earlier in the case as a Depp witness, her doesn't have a personality disorder, and that she did in fact suffer from PTSD. I should tell you that interestingly, Dr. Curry sat in the front row as Dr. Hughes testified. Awkward. Now, Dr. Hughes would outline some of this abusive behavior in graphic detail. On that incident when Kelly Sue um, was accused of hitting on Miss Heard and they went back into the trailer, um, Mr. Depp performed a, a cavity search and uh, ostensibly was looking for drugs and felt it acceptable to rip off her nightgown and, and stick his fingers up her vagina to look for cocaine, thought that maybe she was hiding them there. And again, these incidents often happened in a, in a drug-fueled rage. Um, there was another incident in the Bahamas where when he got angry, um, he took his fingers and he put them in her vagina and moved her around violently in the closet. Um, again, an act of sexual violence. And as Dr. Hughes was describing all of this, Amber Heard could be seen getting quite emotional on camera, and that is something that we really haven't seen too much from her since the start of the case. Well, that's all we have for you right now on Sidebar, but make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Jesse Weber, and I'll speak to you next time.